This is your other brother's podcast. It's like running through an open door. It's like finding what you're looking for. We've been waiting. We won't wait no more. We got a beautiful story. Every morning, on and on. We got a beautiful story. And we've only just begun. The best is yet to come. Welcome home, friends. This is your other brother's podcast, and we're a community. Navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From the jewel of the Blue Ridge, that's Asheville, North Carolina. My name is Tom. I'm so glad that you all are here. Joining us from the handprint of God up there in mighty Michigan, it's our other brother, Ben. What's up, Ben? Hey, Tom. How you doing? Doing so well. Ben, represented by multiple crosses in the background, so you know. He's a pastor. And we also go, but he's not alone. We go to our other pastor correspondent uh, from the frozen tundra of Alberta, Canada. It's our other brother, Will. What's up, Will? Hey, no, it's not that frozen here. So this is an abnormal I know, winter. what in the world? It's December and there's no snow in the frozen no tundra. Snow. What even? What if we had to rebrand Alberta, what would we even call it right now? I know Alberta is wild rose country, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, I've only seen like wild roses once, so it's... <laughs> From the land of wild roses, that's kind of... We'd have to workshop some names with wild roses. Maybe we can come up with something else, but um, but regardless, so glad you guys are here. It's always good when we get the two pastors on board because we get to talk about super spiritual things. Um, and today, <laughs> because they're so holy, we're going to talking about we're going to be talking about Advent today because as we record this here in December, 2021, it is, we're currently in the season of Advent. And um, there are a lot of interesting parallels. As I began pondering this topic today, and I started thinking about waiting, the concept of waiting. Like, I don't know, I don't know what that word does to you, anyone who's listening or to you guys who are on the show with me today, but that word strums up a lot when I hear the word waiting. <laughs> so we're gonna like, let the dot, dot, dot linger. And as, as the joke goes, we're gonna wait for it. I remember I was joking with you, Will, before we, I suggested this idea and you were all about it and you said, can't wait. And you said, pastor's joke. Yeah. And in my head, I was thinking like, this is like a dad joke, but I'm not a dad. So it's a, it's a pastor. Joke. You're our spiritual dad though, in a sense, right? Yeah. We'll go with that. And you're, as we've, as we've mentioned, Yabalog content might be fully aware by now, but you are a plant daddy as I am as well. So you're a father to the plants in your living abode. So there's that. Yeah. I basically have a jungle growing in my house. So, <laughs> so, so you have some authority, some fatherly authority there. I, I don't see any plants in Ben's uh, background here. So no, <laughs> no life, no life to be found. Just one more thing to take care of, you know. I, I don't want that kind of responsibility. I know. I started off with one plant and now I have six and I'm just like, who have I become? But I'm keeping them alive one way or another. I'm keeping my plants alive. So y'all pray for my plants that I kill no more. Enough have been slaughtered over the last three years that I think I, they deserve to live. So we're going to, we're going to, 
take their their lives into 2022. I think they'll I think they'll be in good shape. But I'm excited to talk about Advent with you guys. It's going to be so great. But before we get to Advent, before we get to Christmas, we need to look backward. We need to look back at the holiday that just was. And we just celebrated, at least on this side of the border, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. But I do remember, I don't know if it was the last episode we did, Will, or maybe it was two episodes ago, but you had wished us a happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Because didn't we record on Canadian Thanksgiving? I think we recorded on that day, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so, if my memory serves wow. me correctly. I, I, me being originally from the U.S., I celebrate Thanksgiving twice. So I, I have a good... <laughs> Did you sell like did you celebrate American Thanksgiving on your side yeah, of the border? Yeah, yeah. I visited a family originally from the states and instead oh, of having nice. turkey, uh, we had duck. So we changed it up. You had duck, I had chicken. Ben, what did you have? <laughs> we may have actually roasted hot dogs over the fire <laughs> is what we did. The other bird, the bird trifecta of duck, chicken and hot dog. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what's in a hot dog. I'm sure there there's could be, be bird some in there. chicken byproduct in there, right? Yeah. Instead of a turducken, it, what would that be? <laughs> I don't even know. A dog, dog, chick, chickuck. I don't know. That's that's a that's a hard one. But yeah, so you spent it with someone in the states. Well, that's really cool. What did where did you wind up doing, Ben? Beyond hot dogs. <sighs> We were originally going to go see Marie's family, but they were sick. And so we just chilled here. We went, you know, we're all tired. We've been running really hard. What if we were actually just thankful and stayed in one place and didn't run around like crazy? So yeah, we played board games. We ate food. Um, we started the Wheel of Time. Shout out to the Wheel of Time if anybody's watching it. What awesome. is that? Can you fill us in? Give us some pop culture scoop because I have no idea what that is. I've heard about it. Don't know what it is. Okay, so I love sci-fi and fantasy and there was an author by the name of Robert Jordan who wrote this long-standing epic fantasy series where the books are 700 to 1100 pages each. Oh, gosh. And he was getting close to finishing the series and then he found out he was going to die. So he asked another author to step in, told that guy the ending, and said, can you finish this series for me after I pass on? And so it's this beautiful collaboration of these two authors, you know, synthesizing the story has this huge story arc, and this is Amazon's on-screen adaptation of this, this fantasy world. There's magic. If you liked Lord of the Rings, you're going to like mm. some of the stuff in here. A um, little bit more magic-y than Lord of the Rings. There's fighting. You know, there's multiple heroes. You're left with a question of who is the ultimate hero in the story. It's very gripping. My wow. my high school English teacher hated the books because that's what I always ended up writing a report on. And she just <laughs> loathed them. By the so you turned off a teacher to this. But hopefully you'll turn on some of our listeners. Turn them on in a redeeming way, a positive way. Now, as a pastor, I do have to give the uh, obligatory pastoral comment that there may be some viewing material that's inappropriate for certain audiences. And if you're a good legalistic Christian, you're going to write me an angry letter later. <laughs> that's Ben at yourotherbrothers.com. B-E-N at yourotherbrothers.com, where you can send all of your feedback. He would 
He loves getting emails, doesn't he? So <laughs> you can send it that way. Um, I love getting emails too. Yeah, Will I never at your other brother's duck. I was going to say checking the email. That's another thing. But theoretically, <laughs> you love getting them. Um, Will, are you familiar with this? Do you know Wheel of Time? Do you know what all, I, all this is I'm, about? I'm familiar, but I have not gotten into that world. I'm a little pretentious okay. when it comes to my fantasy. And mm. um, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. You can geek out about it with Ryan Berger as well, because Ryan Berger has also read The Wheel of Time and loved it. I know. We'll have to, on our next episode, if Ryan's on our next episode, maybe we'll do a follow-up of this conversation with him and see what his his thoughts are. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I get. I just get, yeah, I don't know. I've never been huge into the fantasy genre because um, I just, I have, I have trouble keeping up with when people are creating worlds like... Um, using multi-syllable, multi-syllabic names for places and people and languages. And when this whole thing takes on a life of its own, I just tend to start getting confused as if I'm sinking in quicksand the deeper we get into these into these books. So, so I haven't been huge into fantasy, but I like to dabble. So we'll see. I might dabble with this. But Amazon streaming, that's the one thing that I don't have. I have like all the other ones. I don't have that one. So... So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe if I hear enough positive feedback, I'll take the jump and go go to Amazon. But I'd love to hear, listeners, what do you think about Wheel of Time? Let us know. Let us, let us know if you're into this, into this world. Um, well, I'm excited to keep on with this episode. I have some really fun announcements. There's like more announcements, but don't turn out. I know you guys, some of you guys might fast forward through the announcements, but there's a lot of good things, little, a lot of good updates to be had here. Because what needs to be said... As of this recording, we just celebrated our six-year anniversary birthday. I don't know what to call it yet. Um, I've been calling it a Yabaversary because we turned six years old as a website and I guess by default as a community as well. So six years ago, we launched our website and it was really fun because on our six-year anniversary, we had a Zoom call with all of our Zoom uh, Zoom tier supporters. So people who are pledging $10 a month or more on Patreon, they joined us. We had about 25, 26 people. Um, and what was really cool about it, because I don't think we'd ever done this before on Zoom, um, where on our anniversary date, we had this Zoom call where everybody, when we checked in, because we always take the first part of our Zoom calls to check in, how's everybody doing? If there's anybody new, we get to know them. Um, and this one was special because not only did everyone check in, they also said how they discovered Yob. And so it was really cool to hear like, oh yeah, I read Tom's blog or I read Eugene's blog or I read Eugene's blog or I read Eugene's blog. And it was basically like 90% of the people there were there because of Eugene, which was really special because Eugene was also in the room. So it was really cool to like honor him as somebody who is responsible for like so many people finding your other brothers with his blogs that he's written. But it was cool to hear how people discovered Yab. Um, and then in our remaining time, people just shared favorite moments, favorite blogs, favorite podcasts. And and what most people shared were favorite community moments. And that to me was what was so cool is that like, yeah, maybe initially people resonate with the blogs or resonate with the podcasts or both. Um, and that's what initially draws them in to our website or draws them into even pledging on Patreon. But inevitably what happens is like, as evidenced by our Zoom call the other night was that people's favorite memories of Yab aren't the blogs and aren't the podcasts per se. They're the retreats, they're the hikes through national parks where friends got to meet up and go together on a little adventure or, um, I don't know, just all kinds of community moments like that, large scale or small scale. And, um, and to me, as somebody who, who's obviously been there from the beginning, it's, it's cool to see 
Um, cause this was never something that I envisioned. I never envisioned the community. It was never really on my radar that, that people who read our blog would meet up. Like that made no sense to me. Like how, how would they find each other? What would, how would that even happen? Certainly didn't have any retreats in mind when we, when we first launched in 2015. So, um, so that was just a really affirming time. So for anyone listening who was there at that Zoom call, thank you for blessing me with your story shares. That was such um, such an uplifting night. We have a lot of hard nitty gritty conversations sometimes on those Zoom rooms. And so it was nice to just kick my feet up and just let everyone tell these elaborate stories. And there was so much laughter and it was just a beautiful, beautiful time of being together. So, um, so six years, I made the joke um, maybe the pastors in the room will appreciate the joke. Um, next year, we'll celebrate our seventh year, which will officially end our seven years of fruitfulness. And we will then enter our seven years of famine. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready, y'all. Famine is coming. We'll be there Yay. next year. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> as if the pandemic wasn't enough. Like, are we already yeah. in the famine? No. No, Yab has had its most fruitful year we've ever had. So we're going to keep on rolling with this momentum into into next year. But um, but no, it was a great time. So I give that, I tell that story to put the shout out that we are in the middle of a Patreon challenge. And I'm really excited because last podcast, we decreased in patrons. We're trying to get to 250 to reach our next level. Um, and so last, last episode, we went down. But I'm happy to report that this time we rose. We rose from 216 patrons to 222 patrons. So we're now only 28 patrons away from reaching the next level, which will include a Tom stunt. And I don't know what the stunt is going to be. I'm still looking for ideas. I'm still looking for emails. We referenced Bill, not Bill. I called you Bill earlier too. What is going on with me? I referenced Will and Ben's. Maybe it's because it's Ben and Will and I'm mixing them together. Maybe that's what's happening today. I don't know. I'm just but Bill my, Cooper now. <laughs> Bill Cooper and Wen Rutkowski. Um, but my email, Tom at yourotherbrothers.com, send me an email. What should I do when we reach 250 patrons? Because I want to do something, something that has a story to tell. And something that I've thought about, I mean, if I don't get any ideas, I'm just going to start to roll with my own ideas at this point. But uh, we have this little TikTok, um, which if you're not following us on TikTok, we have like some absurd number of followers over there. And I don't get the sense that they all share the same sexual ethic that we do, but we're just going to pretend that they do at this point. Because I think we have over 3,000 followers on TikTok at your other bros. But what I think what I'm going to do is because once you hit 1,000 followers on TikTok, you're allowed to go live. So you're allowed to live stream on TikTok. And I think that would be a cool way to do to do some kind of a stunt and just see what kind of people I encounter. Like you have the ability to bring people onto the call or you can just interact with them in the chat. So it could be an interesting experiment. Maybe it would be a flaming disaster. I don't know, but it could be really fun too. So that was something I was thinking about if I was going to come up with some kind of a, a stunty idea when we reach 250. But um, we still got 28 patrons to go. So hopefully we got a little bit of time. I mean, the good problem would be if we don't have any time. If by the time this episode comes out, we've hit 28 patrons. That would be very unlikely, but but who knows? Who knows when we'll reach that number? So if you have ideas, send me an email, leave a comment on this episode, or you can call. This would be so fantastic because we haven't had a voicemail in a long time. So if you called the Yob line at 706-389-8009 and told me what I could do when we reach 250. And it has to be something that produces a story. So it's not just like, well, I guess I was going to, my, the first thing that came to mind was run naked in the street, which would produce a story, but, but I think that's more just to embarrass Tom 
than to create like a story out of it. You know what I mean? How, how is that the first thing that came to mind? I don't mind? know. <laughs> I'm being vulnerable. I'm just saying that's the first thing that came to mind. And I'm, I will not do that. I will not do something illegal or inappropriate, but, but I'm willing to go out of my comfort zone and doing TikTok live, that would be out of my comfort zone. So I'm, I'm offering myself up, but if anyone has ideas, would love to hear them. Those are high standards, nothing illegal. That's a. <laughs> I know it eliminates a lot of things <laughs> off the table, but I think our community can come up with something. My pastor used to give this, you know, disclaimer. He said, "As long as it's not illegal, immoral, or fattening, he was in." So. <laughs> Perfect. We'll use that same standard: not legal, immoral, or fattening. Is that what you said? Yeah. Why it was that one? I don't know, but it's yeah. fun. You know, it's important. Good health. <laughs> Um, continuing shout outs for our Patreon. So I mentioned in our last episode that we have a Spanish speaking only channel on our discord now called Otros Hermanos. And it's so cute. It's so adorable. We have like 10 people, I think. Um, and I click over there every once in a while. I don't speak fluid Spanish, but I can pick out words and phrases every once in a while. And so it's really fun to go over there and just see all these Spanish words coming on the screen and they all understand each other apparently. So, um, that's really cool. It's a cool development. Again, something else not on my radar, ever having a Spanish speaking only community, sub community within our, within our larger community. So, um, so if you speak Spanish, we would love to have you. And even if we had somebody post on our discord saying, is it okay if I join, even if I don't speak fluent, but I want to practice, I want to become better. And I was like, absolutely. You can join, join Otros Hermanos and practice your Spanish. You don't need Duolingo. You don't need your college classes or whatever else is out there to help you learn. Just come to our Discord channel, learn Spanish, talk to real people, and you'll be set. I, I have a language request. Can we have a Greek or a Latin version? <laughs> I... Greek or Latin. We're going to need at least three of you. So if you can accumulate three people, I think that's our starting point. If we can have three people then we're, we're, we're going somewhere. So find me two I a, friends. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. I don't want to throw you in there by yourself, Will, and just have you speaking Latin to yourself. So That's my normal know. life. <laughs> <laughs> so again, joining our community, Facebook and Discord, that's $5 or more a month. And you can do that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash your other bros. Uh, and just another reminder for book club, that's our $15 a month tier. We're reading Ryan's favorite book of all time, Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see why. I'm still, this is a confession. I have still yet to begin this book. We are meeting in two weeks. Um, so I have less than two weeks now when this episode comes out to read this book and to discover why it is Ryan Berger's favorite book of all time. So I'm we'll going to have to like, talk to Ryan now because that is like easily within my top five. I Whoa. love that book with a, with a passion. So. so we were talking before the show, Will, that you've been really lack, lack, lacking on book club lately. So does that mean, are you going to come to book club? Or are you going to, or can you not make that commitment? I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll, okay. I'll try. <laughs> I, I don't get too many chances to talk about that book. So yeah. Ben, are you familiar with this particular work of C.S. Lewis? Because I've read several C.S. Lewis books, but I've never read this one. It has been on my list to read. Okay. So I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't started it yet either. Okay, good. But I'm going to start I'm not it alone. soon. 
you're not alone, dear listener, if you haven't started it yet either. Um, but we would love to have you. We usually will meet every third Wednesday of the month in this book club. We've now done a full year of book club. 2021 was covered in books from January to December. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy we did it. We lasted a whole year of book clubs. So um, we would love to have you there. One of my favorite things we do in, in Yab is having these two-hour discussions on books every single month. So um, till we have faces... C.S. Lewis, we would love to see you there. Before we get to our episode today on Advent, we need to thank our beloved sponsor. And our beloved sponsor today is The Color Purple. Not the Oprah movie or the book that was written as well, but the actual Color Purple. Because when I was doing my research today, I seemed to discover, and you guys can... Well, actually, what I did discover, and this is my completely rudimentary understanding of liturgical traditions was that classically in the West, Advent is represented by the color purple or violet, but other denominations or sects of Christianity have different colors to commemorate Advent. Is this true? So is it kind of controversial if purple is the color of Advent? I wouldn't say controversial, but my tradition uses purple and blue. Ooh, okay. Okay. And I'm more of a fan of blue. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean I'm blue too, but I love I love dark purple. What about you, Ben? My church currently has blue up on the altar as well. Yeah. Oh. Well, the sponsor's gonna be really disappointed that you guys aren't really getting behind them. <laughs> the sponsor is not blue. The sponsor is purple. But thank you nonetheless, purple, even if you're not super well received. Um we, I, I still appreciate you um, coloring coloring this episode, um, which is really great now that we get to talk about this thing called Advent. Um, we'll share our personal experiences with Advent shortly because um, I, growing up, I, I don't even know when I first heard of Advent, but I certainly didn't hear about it when I was uh, a teenager or growing up uh, where I did. So I'm um, curious to hear your guys' history with, with Advent as well. Let me go as we do so often to, well, first we're going to go to the secular source. So I'm going to go to Queen Miriam, the queen of secular. Um, and then I'll go to you guys, the holy ones, the sacred ones, um, who can give us more context with what, what Advent is. Um, so here's how Queen Miriam describes Advent. She says that it's the period beginning four Sundays before Christmas. And then it also, there's like other definitions of Advent, like lowercase, lowercase a, like which represents a coming into being or use, like the advent of spring or the advent of personal computers. She gave me such great examples. The advent of pasteurization. So all of these things were little, little a advents. But I guess today we're talking about the big A advent, which is this period before Christmas. Um, does that track with you guys or is there more to it than that? I'm sure she was just kind of cutting to the chase. I'm sure you guys could add some some meat to the bones. Well, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I should have looked this up beforehand, but I'm pretty sure uh, Advent comes from the Latin for arrival or coming, um, which is why I think in the West it's often used as like the, the first coming of, of Jesus. Uh, but I could be wrong right. with that information. So if we had, if I gosh, am, if, send me an email. If we only had that Latin speaking channel that you could have talked about with your fellow Latin speakers. 
Sadly, yeah, you, that didn't happen. You know, you you have failed me. <laughs> We're starting with Spanish. Well, let's get Spanish on lock, and then we'll look at the next language. So the thing with Evan, this actually circling back around to the colors, there's a reason that there's discrepancy over whether or not the color is supposed to be blue or the color is supposed to be purple. Now, leading up to lens, it's purple, and that's tied in with the idea of mourning. Um, mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, as opposed to the other type of mourning, you know, the sun coming uh-huh. uh, But the idea behind using blue for Advent, and this is, you know, some denominations of others, is that we're not looking with mournful expectation towards Advent. We're looking with hope. And so blue is more a color of hope as opposed to, you know, this idea of we need to we need to repent, we need to self-flagellate. I'm characterizing a little bit there, but that being more going towards uh, Lent and Easter. So yeah, there's difference in the colors. And um you know, my favorite dead old guy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. That adopts that idea of the reason we, we need a savior is is because we screwed things up. And so is there an idea of hope in Advent? Yeah, but we're hoping for somebody to arrive and fix things because they're broken and it kind of sucks right now. It's kind of the idea, depending on how you look at it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go along with that, my tradition, and a lot of traditions uh, use a lot of laments uh, during Advent. It is a time of uh, of lamenting, of crying out to God, of why everything is wrong. Uh, but it's with the hope. It's like like knowing that God is going to um, to bring life, um, that God is going to restore, uh, his creation. So it's like, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a lamenting with hope, which I think, especially during this time for many people during COVID Advent, I think has a extra layer of meaning because a lot of us are suffering, especially in the side B world, because many of us live on our own. Um, and it's, uh, uh, COVID has added extra layers of suffering. Advent is incredibly appropriate because we are lamenting the situation that we're in, but we're also hopeful that God will bring redemption to this uh, situation. Yeah, I love it. I mean, if, it's no shocker to me. If, if anyone who's been listening to me, like if you've been with us for six years now, or if you're brand new to the website, welcome. I'm a sad man. I talk about sad things. And I love I love Lent, I love Advent, I love waiting and lamenting and soaking in like this process. Like who cares about the sugar-coatedness of Christmas if there's not like a long drawn out lonely mournful exile here. Like we need that. We need that that journey to the manger. These last two Good Fridays, um I put out some podcasts that are just meant to for people who are listening to slow down and and not just rush to Easter. Like, yes, Easter is great. Obviously, Easter is why we do what we do and why we have this hope. Um, but we also have to acknowledge that everything that comes before Easter and, and even before everything that comes before the birth of our Savior, we have to acknowledge the waiting that came before that. Um, and I love what you were saying, Ben, because it's like, it's not just like a a fruitless waiting or a waiting of despair of, is it gonna happen, is it not gonna happen? It's an expectant waiting. And that's the thing um, that's really special about this time of year is because we expect 
Jesus to come. Um, we're not just hoping, crossing our fingers, looking for that star in the sky. Is it going to come tonight? Is it going to come tonight? Like it's coming. We're 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 ready for it. And I'm. It's one of my favorite times of year, and it's not even necessarily for Christmas. I have a lot of warm, rosy feelings around Christmas growing up. I guess this will transition to, I'd love to hear just y'all's growing up experiences with Advent or lack thereof. Because um, for me, Christmas was so great and so special um, because I grew up in a, in a really close-knit family and my church put on these epic, it was called a colonial Christmas. And it was a church on this colonial property right outside of Philadelphia. Um, so it's been there since like the 17 or the 1800s and it's just like this really amazing property. And so every Christmas time, members of the church would dress up in colonial garb and cook stew in these big cauldrons outside. And, and we hired a Ben Franklin impersonator. He was walking around and, and giving speeches and things. It was so delightful. It was such a great way to like treat the community to an event and experience on our historic property. Um, so that's like one memory of Christmas and the other memory is just spending it with my family because it was just always such a special time to spend it with my, my immediate family. And then to, to go down the road to my grandparents' house and spend it with my extended family later that day. Um, there was a live nativity down the road. Um, so we would see like sheep and donkeys and can't, they had a camel there. It was, I just have so many good memories of Christmas, which I'm grateful for, but I literally, yeah, I literally don't even know when I heard the word Advent. Like, when did I, when was I, when was I even introduced to that word, let alone the concept of waiting for a month before we get to that, before we get to the donkeys and camels and all the amazingness that I grew up with, with Christmas. Um, and so this is a fairly new concept when I think about the scope of my life, like the the concept of Advent and observing it and um and having that expectancy grow with, with each day. Like that's, that's something that I'm learning to savor, um, as I get in deeper into my thirties now. Um, and it's a really special time of year for me now. And it just gives Christmas so much more dimensionality. Cause now, honestly, Christmas isn't that great. It's like, it comes and goes all the presents. Cause we, there was like so many grandchildren and nieces and nephews running around cousins. And there were so many presents under the tree growing up. And it was so magical to see all those presents. And then gradually seeing the visual of that translate to envelopes for gift cards. And then eventually all of those just disappeared. And <laughs> nobody gets anything for Christmas anymore. It's just basically a time to have dinner. And that's all, all it's become now. And so um, so the, the magic, quote unquote, of Christmas isn't really there for me anymore. But, but what remains is Advent. And I'm so, um, yeah, I just get, I get really happy and jazzed, if you can't tell, about sad, slow things, but it's not really sad. I mean, that's, that's not the right word here, but, um, compared to like Christmas, I guess it's just a different flavor. It's a different emotion. So I'm all for it, but what about you guys? What's like your personal experience with Advent? Yeah. So for, for me, like I, I grew up hearing the word Advent all the time. Uh, but we didn't really, my family, we didn't really emphasize the idea of waiting or expectation. Advent was basically celebrating Christmas. Uh, so we were celebrating Christmas for a month, basically. Um, and uh, I, oh, when I was younger, I loved it. Christmas was my favorite time of year. I loved the decorations um, and I loved reading the Chronicles of Narnia uh, every, well, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe every Christmas. That was my routine since I was a wee little lad. Uh, but it's, the the funny thing is, like, 
as I got older, and when I mean older, probably my high school years, um, and so much of it impact was impacted by uh, wrestling with my uh, sexuality, is uh, like for some odd reason, Christmas was not a joyful time. Like I was struggling a lot with my faith and my life and who I am. And uh, uh, so I wish, like, I had no idea that Advent was a time where you could lament and uh, uh, be sad and wrestle with things. And and I, it could have been a, a healing thing for me later on. Like when I was younger, I didn't have these concerns. So I think that's why um, when, when I got older, I got a little tired of the nonstop celebration. Um, though in, in my church tradition, we, uh, uh, emphasize the lament of Advent. And then after Chris, like on Christmas, um, and from Christmas to Epiphany, we, uh, celebrate. So there's like, we do have a, a decent amount of celebration, but it's, uh, after lamenting for, uh, for a while. So it's, I, I enjoy how it's developed uh, throughout life for me. For me, I didn't grow up in a, a tradition that celebrated Advent. Um, yeah, d depending on the church and the year, there, there wouldn't necessarily be any change up from the usual, you know, sermon series. It would just be, you know, keeping going with what was already being preached. Um, wasn't until I was an undergrad that I learned that there was, you know, the idea of Advent and, and looked more at, at church history and some of the tradition behind it. Um, in, in the church setting that I'm in here, I've actually kind of gotten into it a little bit more um, because for some people they did the colors, but they didn't know why they did the colors. And so being able to dive into the, the symbolism behind it um, and appreciating the church calendar more, again, that idea of, you know, mourning and then joyful expectations, celebration, and then you know, moving on into Easter. There are two times a year we pay attention to the church calendar, and it is at Christmas and at Easter. Um, for me growing up, Christmas was definitely my favorite holiday. Uh, up until I was 11, I was an only child, and I became the youngest of four when my dad remarried. So I was like the spoiled kid. I was the only grandkid. Um, I do recall one Christmas in particular where my preparation for Christmas was taking, um, you know, a holiday ad from Walmart and Meyer and Toys R Us and just like circling everything that I wanted in pen. And, you know, I had to have a good reason for why I wanted it. But by the, by the time Christmas came around, I pretty much had just circled everything because that's what I deserve, you know, because I'm the only grandchild. Um, you know, as I got older, as I, I went from being the only child to being the youngest of four, my stepmom's family was huge. Um, you know, lots of aunts, lots of uncles, lots of cousins, all crammed in this tiny little bitty house. You know, people sleeping on air mattresses, wall to wall in the basement. Um, two days of celebrating. It was an awesome experience. And I, I, and I learned that I was not the center of the universe. And they were also a family of faith. And so, you know, getting into the, the tradition of, all right, we're going to read the Christmas story out of scripture. We're going to pray before every meal. And we're going to talk about not just at Thanksgiving, but also at Christmas, 
why we're thankful for what God has done um, in and through Christ, but also in giving us the gift of one another. And we would sing, and I loved it. Uh, you know, going in with my wife's family, that's a tradition they have every year. Every year before opening presents, my my father-in-law opens up the Bible and reads out of the Gospel of Luke. And that's part of their tradition that we've adopted into our family as well. Yeah, I love hearing different family traditions and how different t- there's different takes on this time of year. It's really special to see it, um, to see all the similarities, all the differences too. Yeah, with Advent, did you guys... Like, so you're pastors, you're, you're both pastors of your churches. I'm curious how, how Advent plays into your life today. How do you, I guess, how do you personally interact with this season of Advent, but then also as shepherds, as shepherds of people, um, how do you approach Advent with your congregations, with your churches? I think for me, we, we definitely do follow, um, the Advent order. So, you know, this, this last Sunday, which I don't know when this recording is going to come out. So Advent, you know, first Sunday of Advent is characterized by hope. Depending on your tradition, it's hope, possibly hope in the midst of mourning. Um, I like to draw out that that theme with my church and just say, okay, let's go ahead and let's recognize that there's brokenness in this world, that there's stuff going on as, as a result of sin and the fall. And, and let's just point back at you know, 2020 and go, here's a representative of mourning and us hoping for something better. Um, you know, walking through those themes there and kind of asking, what happened in the last year in my church that I can address with each of these themes? But, um, you know, not trying to use that necessarily as like a manipulation, but to ask, what do we learn about God in the middle of this? What do we learn about God during this theme? What do we learn about ourselves and what are we supposed to do as a result? Yeah, for my church, it's very similar to Ben's. This year is a little, well, I was going to say a little different, but it's mainly just emphasizing the the theme of lamenting grief a whole lot more. Like I've, I've, this year, this past year, I've experienced death way more as a pastor than any other time of like like nobody in my congregation has passed away but a lot of uh family members and parents of people in my congregation have passed away um um some spouses and it's people are in pain people are uh just really struggling with the amount of death that's just permeated this past year and so this so this advent i've been focusing a whole lot more on lament of recognizing people's grief um and uh, that's not a hopeless grief uh so it's uh this is so far I'm not sure if I can have favorite Advents, like, is that a thing? But uh, so, so far, this Advent has been incredibly meaningful. And we've only, like, at the time of recording this, I've only been one Sunday into it. And I, I, myself, I just feel like I've been touched in many powerful ways um, during this time. So I, I think as grief and tragedy increase, our... Uh, desire for God to bring redemption also increases. Yeah, 
I definitely resonate with that line. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening can as well, just as far as if we're just focusing on COVID as one reason for angstiness and hopelessness and despair and darkness in general, um, and even death, you know, to, to speak to that. Like, I think never, never has it been more vital in my life, <laughs> certainly, that, that I was expectantly waiting um, for redemption, for renewal, for, um, for, yeah, the other side, the other side of this. Um, I think that's something that's, again, it's like a sweet, it's a sweet sadness where like, yes, the last year, I guess now year and a half, we can almost say two years now of a pandemic. Like it's been, it's been rough. It's been hard. It's been extremely long and drawn out and challenging as far as, um, relational health, mental health, um, those are all things that that I've really struggled with the last couple of years of this, and um, and it's opportunities. Like again, I would say I would honestly say like the last two Advents and then the last two seasons of Lent as well have been some of the more powerful um, spiritual periods of my life because it was such a it was such a clear reason to hope for something beyond beyond this realm, beyond what we see around us. Like I think. Um, that's not to say I want it to stay like this. Like I would love to see a non-pandemic life one day, not <laughs> where we don't have to worry about vaccines and masks and social distancing and all the terms that have become the common vernacular the last two years. Um, but all that said, there's always going to be struggle um, in one way, shape, or form. And so it's this this time. I'm always going to be grateful for these times because it's been such a clear pointer of okay, are my hopes in this life or is my hope in something beyond, beyond what's seen. And, um, that's something that I'm leaning into hard. Once again, this, this season of Advent. This next Sunday is supposed to be, you know, a theme of, of peace. And so one of the things we're looking at is, all right, we have peace with God through Christ, but there's still a lot of areas in life, whether in the church or in the world where we just don't see a lot of peace right now. I tend to refrain from doing political commentary from the pulpit, but I mean, I've, I've acknowledged, and our church has acknowledged too, just how split things are along, you know, issues and certain party lines and stuff, and the ability to have civil disagreement, um, to not view the person on the other side of the aisle as other. That's something that we're talking about on Sunday morning, and I think you know, like within the side B world. We can go, yes, we have peace with God, but we're still waiting. We're still hoping for a greater place where we have peace within the church, you know, peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ who, in some cases, we feel like we have to fight, you know, they actually earn our right at the table here. So definitely feeling that sense of mourning and hopeful expectation and praying, Jesus, bring more peace to us more peace to your church and help us to be able to walk in this. Mm, and to go with that, it's also like for the side B world um, and outside the side, the side B world is peace within ourselves too, because we go through constant inner turmoil. Um, like I, I don't know. About, Speak about the, for yourself. The, There's no yeah. inner turmoil. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, maybe I'm the only one. Am I? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you stereotype this community? inner turmoil no i i'm joking of course i know there's i mean i'm sure there's somebody listening who can say that they don't have inner turmoil but maybe that's part of the journey it's like at some point there's some level of inner turmoil if not following you for the better part of your days but um but yeah what were you saying about 
about that after I rudely oh, that was basically you. It. The, oh, that was it. Okay. <laughs> Reach a point yeah. where you pray hard enough and, you know, you just feel completely at peace with everything. And it's an entire sanctification thing. You just wouldn't understand. <laughs> right. I thought it was just conversion therapy. Isn't that what I need? No, you missed that. You missed that episode or that podcast. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Um, yeah, I was curious. So, so Ben, you were saying like week one was hope, week two is peace. Do you have that? Those all by memory, like what all of the weeks? Like, if is there a particular theme for each of the weeks of Advent? Yeah, it's hope, peace, joy, and love, depending on your okay. your tradition. That's fairly common. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm trying to remember you guys because it was kind of a big moment for me two years ago when my pastor, recent guest on the Convocast, he invited me to light the Advent candle at our church one Sunday and to read some scripture for the congregation, which I had never done before. I was like a little, it was a combination of being, oh my gosh, I'm so honored to be asked to do this because I had just started going to that church. I don't even think I was a member yet at that point. Um and so for him to ask me to do that was incredibly honoring. And then on the flip side of that, incredibly terrifying. Because the last thing I wanted to do was stand up there, light a candle, and speak into a microphone. I've gotten better over the years at learning. Because that when when you for for anyone who has never done it, when you first speak into a microphone and you hear your voice like reverberating, it is the most jarring feeling, especially if you have insecurities with how your voice sounds or whatever. Um, it was a very jarring experience, but I've gotten a little better getting more comfortable with that, I guess. But, um, but a funny story was that I was like, I had to do it for two services cause we had two services at the time. And so they hand me the lighter, like right before we start singing. And I have never used this lighter. I have no idea. I'm starting to look at it during the sermon or during the worship time, which comes before what I have, when I go upstage to read and I'm like looking at three different switches on this thing and I'm trying to like practice. <laughs> I'm trying to get this thing and I can't figure it out. I'm like, what do I have to push to get the flame to come out? And eventually I figured it out, but there was, there were times when I went up there and I tried to light the candle and it took me like an uncomfortable, not an uncomfortable amount of time, but more uncomfortable than I would have liked it to be like an extra three to five seconds of, uh, all right, is he going to get it? Is he going to make this thing happen? And I finally made it happen. But um, but that was such an honoring experience to be able to speak. I think I spoke on the peace week. I think that's. I think it was week two. I think that sounds familiar. Um, but this was pre-COVID, which might as well have been 20 years ago. So who knows? Who knows what actually happened that day? One of, one of the things I've learned uh, since after my first year of being a pastor is always check the lighter before the the service to one, make sure that there is a lighter by the candles and two, that that lighter works. So and that there's fluid in there, right? Or whatever makes that mm -hmm. thing go. And that you don't write, light the wrong color candle. That's oh, important. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are the candles, I think all of our candles were the same. I don't know. I don't think I had to worry about which one it was, but. Oh, you didn't accidentally light the white candle? You didn't have a white candle that was. I forget. I know, I know there was one. I forget the colors or the sizes, but I know there was one I was supposed to light, which I, I definitely lit the right one, but I don't remember the color of it. It so. goes purple, purple, pink, purple, white. Oh, interesting. What does the pink represent? That is joy. That's Jesus coming. Not quite yet, but we're starting to shift away from repentance and mourning. Okay. 
that's the shift, but only for one Sunday because for the next Sunday we go back to purple and it's morning again and it doesn't make any sense, but that's okay. okay. My, my church just ignores the pink. We, we just do all purple. Okay, yep. so here we are going back into We're color heathens. controversies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's the tie-in, you guys? Because I wanted to spend the remainder of our time together to tie this season of Advent, the season of waiting, the season of lament thrown in there um, to our journeys, our journeys with sexuality. Like what parallels do you guys see um, in particular to, I imagine, the vast majority of our listening audience? Although we acknowledge and see and appreciate all the straight people who are listening right now because there are we see you and we love you and we're glad that you're here. Um, but speaking to the other, yeah, either gay identifying or SSA folks listening, what uh, what's the takeaway from this season? Do you see any any parallels to your life as far as this this concept of expectant waiting? I think so. The idea right now is we're waiting between the advents. In Isaiah sixty four, it says. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And that's while Israel is in the middle of judgment. I mean, they're in trouble. They're in the middle of God's judgment. But they're praying for him to show up because when God comes down, powerful stuff happens. So they're in their place of mourning, but they're having hope and they're praying, God, come and and save us. And so we, we point to Christ and we say, Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the advent. He is when God stepped off his throne and came and dwelt among us and bore our sin that we might become the righteousness of God. And we're living in that reality, but we're also living in the not yet because as much as we, we have peace with God, again, returning to that earlier statement, you know, we're we're still praying for more peace. We're still praying for God to continue to work and move and looking forward with hopeful joy and expectation towards that second advent when Christ comes, when we get to be with him and God wipes away every tear from our eyes. Um, we're living between two advents. We're also living between two gardens you know, Genesis 1 and 2, that God makes the world everything in it good. And he creates man not to be alone, and it's very good. Sin enters into the world, death through sin, death spreads to all man. But when we get to the book of Revelation, we see some of the same stuff that we see in the Garden of Eden. And the tree of life is there, and there's a river of living water, and people from every tribe and nation and tongue we get pieces of that now. We see that in the New Testament, that there's neither slave nor free, you know, Greek or Jew, male nor female, that all are one in Christ. And we're experiencing that to some degree, but it's not yet. We're not there yet. And we're feeling that sometimes in the church, that disconnect of, you guys really think that we're part of you? Are we in Christ to you? Even so, come, Lord Jesus, and we will praise you in our mourning, and we will continue to try and be faithful in the middle of it all. But come, Lord Jesus, come in Advent again. Mm. That's beautiful. To be between two Advents, I like how you 
put that. That's, yeah, one coming of Christ to another. That's exactly where we are. Ben, I think I want to move to uh, back to Michigan so I could just listen to you preach every Sunday. Um, <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. Thank you. It's something I've been... I have a conviction that you don't you don't preach what you haven't tried to process and feel for yourself. And I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> without going into too much personal detail, we're in a place of mourning and we're in a place of hope and expectation. Um, yeah. And it's okay to balance both, right? It doesn't have to be jubilant, wonderful waiting or the total depravity, total like everything is awful, total lament. Like you can hold both. You can hold times of wonder and joy and also times of deep sorrow and um, bring that both. And they're both true. They're yeah, both true absolutely. even at the same time. They're not, yeah, contradictory necessarily. Yeah. Maybe we should all be watching the movie Inside Out uh, since that's the oh, theme of that. <laughs> best, best Pixar movie. There's nothing better, nothing smarter and more clever I will challenge I will challenge anyone who tells me up is better. No way. Get out of here. Get out of here with your up. Luca is better. <laughs> okay. We might have a conversation about Luca at some point, but we'll we'll save that. We'll save that for a future episode. But yeah, um, advent to advent, that's where we are. Yeah, I think I think for me with like, yeah, the side B SSA gay, whatever. Yeah, it's the thing from Advent that I I think really relates to to this is the idea of season. Um, so we are in a season of Advent and a season of waiting, and I go I commonly go through these seasons where I have my major questions and my doubt, um, and uh, like currently. Like, I feel like I'm going through a somewhat of an existential crisis where I struggle with, I'm really struggling with um, a lot of the church's response to LGBTQ SSA people. Like, I, I still feel like even though our voices are getting louder, we're just being ignored. And I'm in that, like, season of tension where it's just like, like, what what do I do about that? What do I do about the the fact that I I feel like I'm often... Like the concerns and needs I have um, and a lot of my friends have are just often ignored. And it's uh, um, I become very discouraged within the church setting and it causes a lot of issues for me to work through. And then but these are seasons like (laughs) this is uh, even though I'm going through this sort of season of crisis, it's a season. Um, And sometimes these seasons last longer than what we want them to, uh, just like the, the, uh, um, the people of Israel waited a lot longer than what they were expecting to for the first coming of Christ. And we're waiting a lot longer, uh, than what we want to for the second coming of Christ. Like this season, I don't know, seems like every couple of years people predict the end of the world and it just keeps on dragging on. Like we just want the season to end. Uh, and it's so, happening, but it's happening for real next year. Yeah. <laughs> Trust them. Trust their words. It's next year. Yeah, yeah, next year. <laughs> so, but but yeah, that's like 
So I feel like I'm in this season. That's tough. I'm really wrestling with things. But I, I know that this season won't last forever. And Advent is such a good uh, reminder that that the God's redemption is coming. Like, Or if you want to think of um, uh, uh, a more a recent example, the Battle of Helm's Deep uh, when uh, uh, they, in the Lord of the Rings... Uh, <laughs> where they they have that intense battle and then finally the morning comes and backup soldiers arrive with Gandalf and and like the the battle is over like that's that's kind of the time that we're in mm. you said the morning comes and i had to think for a second cuz we were we've been talking so much about morning with a u but you were you were talking about physical morning right with the oh with yeah the yeah the, okay. the actual sunrise like yeah. sunrise yeah, yeah. dawn <laughs> as they call it um, yeah, no, God is a God of seasons, whether we like it or not. Like there's something comforting about going through scripture and constantly reading about people wandering, waiting, harvesting, planting. I mean, just it's rampant. You go beginning to end looking through scripture and there's constantly people waiting for something for whatever the next thing is. And obviously the ultimate thing is Jesus, but like all these other things in between, it's just it's a comfort to know. It's like, we're not just living in a, in crazy land. When we look at the Bible and we think like, oh, Jesus came and then everything was great again. And, and everything, everything is on a silver platter for us. No, like there's still trouble in this world. And then we still are called to take heart. And when it ties to sexuality, like I look, I've been, as I was pondering this episode, I've been thinking about my life because for the first, you know, 19 years of my life, I assumed I was the only person who followed Jesus, who was also attracted to the same sex, which I'm sure some of you that you two guys might resonate with and certainly plenty of our listeners would resonate with thinking that they are the only person who could possibly bear this weight and what to do about that, how in the world to make it through this life. And then I had a realization that, oh, wait, there are other people out there who are also attracted to the same sex and also wanting to follow Jesus and having to wrestle with that tension of what does that mean for my life. And so on the one hand, that was an incredible moment in my life when I was 19 years old or 21 years old, I think, um, when I discovered that. And all of a sudden, it felt like I arrived, like I reached the promised land where I was like, okay, I'm not alone. But then what's the next phase? The next phase is then, okay, now I'm suddenly, almost overnight, I have friendships with people around the world, around the country, and even in the great north of Canada. Um, I have friends now who are walking this journey with me and this journey of friendship with them begins. And, and now going from a place of solitude and isolation to a place of community, um, and then all the challenges that come with that, all the challenges that come with people who either change their beliefs and walk away from faith, um, it produces a whole new dynamic now of what to do with this life. And there's so much in me that almost wants to go back to the to the isolation, back to Egypt, back to like a place where things were quote unquote simpler, but they also weren't... Um, but they weren't as fulfilling either. Like it's hard to, it's hard to put into words and it's hard to describe because as God provides, then a new world opens up and new challenges arise. And now even getting to this point of Yab, six years, you mentioned at the top, we're now six years old as a community. Like that's an incredible number. I didn't necessarily think I would still be here six years later doing an episode <laughs> of a podcast that didn't exist six years ago. Um, but now to be here and to like have this community of a couple hundred people around the world, like that's been an incredible gift and an incredible blessing, as I mentioned with the, the Zoom call that we just had. 
but then it's like, okay, now what is the next, what is the next phase? What is the next challenge? And, um, and I know as a leadership team, we talk a lot about the concept of discipleship and, and kind of taking, taking this gift that we have, this community and like, how do we steward it well? And how do we sharpen one another and encourage one another, um, toward Jesus with our sexualities, with our, with our lives, our vocations, our ministries, our families, our friends, our churches. Um, and it's like, it's a journey of seasons that'll never end because it gets better and then it gets worse and then it gets better again and then it gets harder and then it gets better. And it's just, this is just how it is. And I think I love growing up in a, growing up in a Christianity that wasn't really big on the liturgical calendar or on ritual. Like I see such beauty in that of like grounding yourself every year um, with this season of Advent in particular. And we'll talk about Lent, I guess, when we get, when we get there, maybe we'll do a Lent episode. We haven't done a Lent episode yet, but, um, but at least for now for Advent, like it's such a grounding time to just be like, okay, this is the season of waiting. And then at the end of that waiting is arrival. And what a, what a great time to celebrate and to have joy. But, um, but let's, let's embrace this season first. And then we'll get to that. We'll get to that season. And then that'll open up another world and we'll go to that season. And, um, and we'll just keep going, going through the seasons because there's something to be gained in every single season. I don't think there's, it's not just a total wasteland. Um, there's something, there's something everywhere if we're open to it, if we're sensitive to the, whatever the spirit's doing. I'll never forget the first time, um, the first Yab podcast episode that was released. It was probably, well, it was around five years ago. Yeah. It would have um, been like five years ago. Yeah, like I was on my way to Canada uh, to start uh, my current pastor position, and and I was incredibly scared about what was ahead of me. And I, uh, re- yeah, like I read the blog for a decent amount of time before that, but like I remember on my long thirty-hour drive, one hour of that was filled uh, by listening. Uh, uh, to to the Yabcast, and mm. I, it was that moment. I was probably in North Dakota at the time. Uh, that that moment was quite powerful for me, though, because it was like that reminder: like I am scared about what's ahead, because I'm like life is gonna be lonely and isolating as I create community. But here, here, God is providing some sort of community that I felt like I belonged to, like. Uh, um, and actually, I think you guys read an email of mine at the beginning of that episode too. So I no felt way. like really connected <laughs> uh, with with uh, uh, this sort of community that was just starting, and and that again fits with Advent, where we're like scared of what's happening next, but we know that God's providing, and it's uh, uh, and I think many of us have have seen those moments. That is such a special story <laughs> thank you will for sharing that we didn't see you at the zoom call that you could have shared that at but this is even better sorry so, i failed <laughs> i'm so glad you shared that now though like wow in an era before we had the yob line i guess i don't even remember reading emails on the show that's how long ago this was that's crazy but i'm so thank you for sharing that that's so cool to have you to chart your journey of like not even being in Canada yet, like to go back to the start of our community, the start of our podcast and to, and to hold on to that notion that there are other people there with you. And, and that's my hope too, that anyone who feels alone, cause I know holidays can amplify all the feels. They can amplify all the good things when you're feeling well-connected and, and abounding in love and connection. 
Um, and it can also amplify the lack and the, the disconnect, the loneliness, the, the, the devastation even. And so, um, so again, it's okay to hold both. If, if you have both or if you have one or the other, it's okay to hold that. And um, I don't know. I just hope, I know in our, a community our size, there's people across the spectrum of people who are having incredibly joyful times right now, also incredibly low, incredibly hard times right now. Um, and plenty of people in the middle holding, holding those both, but, um, but looking to that star in the night, like we have a, a symbol for our value of hope, which is the star in the night. And we love, um, I don't know, it's such a great visual of, of this season, this time of the year to, to look to our, to our hope in Christ. If you find yourself in the middle of this season, looking for joy, looking for hope, looking for peace, looking for love and you don't feel like you're finding them this may sound trite but realize that God is there with you in the middle of it and sometimes our seasons of mourning last longer or even much longer than we think that they will God has not abandoned you, and you can keep praying and pounding on the doors of heaven and saying, Jesus, come down and meet me here, and you won't be disappointed. Don't give up. You are not alone. If there's someone who can speak to this topic of waiting, particular waiting as people of faith, people of struggle, people on this side B journey. It's Wesley Hill. I love how he bookends his incredible book, Washed in Waiting. An excerpt from the start of his book reads as follows. So much of my life as a gay Christian, as I will try to describe, in the following chapters, has simply been learning how to wait, to be patient, to endure, to bear up under an unwelcome burden for the long haul. Taped onto my desk where I write is a small sheet of paper with a quote from the German poet Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart. Having patience with your own weakness is, I think, something of what Paul was commending when he described the tension of living on this side of wholeness. When God acts climactically to reclaim the world and raise our dead bodies from the grave, there will be no more homosexuality. But until then, we hope for what we do not see. Washed and waiting, that is my life, my identity, as one who is forgiven and spiritually cleansed, and my struggle as one who perseveres with a frustrating thorn in the flesh, looking forward to what God has promised to do. That is what this book is all about. And after Hill tells this story through his book, his closing paragraphs read as follows. Homosexuality calls us to consider our own lives and to trust in the mystery of God's providence and his gift of redemption through Christ. With patience and openness to the good that may come even from evil, we can learn to hear the voice of our sexuality, to listen to its call. 
we can learn to appreciate the value of our story and the stories of others because God is the potter or storyteller. Slowly, ever so slowly, I am learning to do this. I am learning that my struggle to live faithfully before God in Christ with my homosexual orientation is pleasing to Him. And I am waiting for the day when I will receive the divine accolade, when my labor of trust and hope and self-denial will be crowned with His praise. Well done, good and faithful servant, the Lord Christ will say. Enter into the joy of your master. As I look on my own life, as I just focus on this year, 2021, I know God is doing great things. Not just increasing the size of our community, but the quality of it as well. I look back on countless Zoom calls and a weekend retreat in Georgia. I see the fruit of this work, of this ministry of not just my life and my story being useful, turning into something, but of so many, more and more, year after year. God burying seeds into the ground and watering them and watering them shining his sun and shining his sun. Many of us remain buried, waiting for the day when we break the ground, but so many more of us are blooming and blossoming and growing to places we never dreamed possible. I have to believe that he's not done yet, that there is more harvest to come from one season to the next, because this is life, a never-ending chain of seasons. I've fallen in love with this song, aptly called Seasons, sung by Benjamin Hastings of Hillsong United. The lyrics to that bridge read as follows. I can see the promise. I can see the future. You're the God of seasons. I'm just in the winter. If all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience, then if you're not done working, God, I'm not done waiting. You can see my promise, even in the winter, because you're the God of greatness, even in a manger. For all I know of seasons is that you take your time. You could have saved us in a second. Instead, you sent a child. And so, fellow sparrows, as we wait in this season of Advent, may we slow down, even stop, to savor the story being written. This story of Christmas, the story of us, of God not saving us in an instant, but in taking his time writing a story of redemption that spans the seasons, conquers the ages, of his very stepping into our story, the human story, becoming man, and not just a man, but a baby, identifying with our story from the very first page, and through our teenage years, our comings of age, our work, our ministry, and all the way to death. 
May we take heart that this God we follow, the God we orient ourselves toward, every aspect of ourself, the God that we wait for, endured all that we suffer. May we be reminded in this season that he knows our hardships, our sorrows, our guttural laments, knows them firsthand and we are never alone. Let us hold our sorrow, our inner turmoil and tension with one hand, while we also wait with hope, wait expectantly, waiting well with the other, trusting that our unsolved hearts will one day be solved. Whether you find yourself in a season of summer abundance or deep in the throes of bitter winter, a God of greatness is grooming something even deeper in you. He isn't finished working. He isn't finished harvesting. He isn't finished this story. The God of seasons is just as much with you now as he was before and as he will be with us evermore. May we hold true to this truth from one season to the next, from this advent to the one to come. Okay, here's a plug for alcohol as a sponsor. My favorite book series is The Dresden Files. And in The Dresden Files, you've got an incredibly conflicted wizard named Harry. Oh, haven't heard that yeah, before. Yeah, it's, it's like Harry Potter for adults is what I call it. And there's a character in the series called Father Fordhill. And Harry doesn't always get along with church folks, religious folks, but there's a point where he's in a church and he's in the balcony and he's mad at the world and he's mad at God. And Father Fort Hill walks up to him and he says, is there anything you want to talk about? And Harry's response is, I've got nothing I want to say to a priest. Father Fort Hill reaches up, pops off his clerical collar, reaches into his robe, pulls out a flask and says, do you have anything you want to share with your bartender? And that is one of the most beautiful pictures of incarnational ministry that I have ever seen in a work of fiction. Yeah. It's meeting people where they are in the middle of their sorrow. So thank you to our unofficial sponsor, Alcohol. <laughs> For bringing Christ into the moment when mm. we need it most. Preach. Amen. Wow. That was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol. Also, our Color Purple. Let's not forget our Color Purple sponsor for sponsoring this episode as well. Um, I think... I think Side B people, the SSA world, LGBT Christians, I think we have such an opportunity to be... People who wait well, people who steward this gift of waiting, because I think everybody has to wait for the second coming. But I think we're we have an inherent like um, as I've been thinking about this episode, like we're just waiting. I don't know. I feel like the more people I talk to, like there's more there's more of a fervor. There's more of a like desire for Christ to come and to make 
all things right to wipe away every tear. That's not to say straight people aren't hoping for that too. Of course they are. But um, but I don't know. Sexuality is just so entwined with identity and the day-to-day, everyday life um, that I don't know. I just think we have such an opportunity. And like, yes, that doesn't mean we pretend everything's okay and pretend everything's incredible. But it does mean, um, I don't know. I think it's an opportunity this Advent to practice expectant waiting if... Um, if you've never given Advent a go, if this is like a whole new conversation to you, like I would encourage you to, um, like I'm sure there's readings online. Um, I know various churches celebrate Advent and commemorate it with these these Sundays of hope and let me see if I remember off the top of my head, hope, peace, joy, and love. Is that right? <laughs> and there's a pink candle well done. in there somewhere. Somewhere, there may or may not be a pink candle depending on your <laughs> flavor of Christianity, but um yeah, what an opportunity we have as people of faith to wait expectantly. So I know it can be way easier said than done, but I would encourage you today, take take one day to wait expectantly and um, see what happens. We would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this episode. Go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find our episode 88 post on Advent, Advent and sexuality, and tell us a story. Do you celebrate Advent? Do you observe it? What's been your history with the Advent season? Um, and how does this side of the conversation waiting expectantly, especially with regards to our sexuality, to bring it back to that, um, how does that land with you? We would love to hear a story. Comment on our episode page or call us on the Yelp line or write us an email. Maybe I'll read your email on the on the air. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do that again, I don't know if I'll ever do that again, but maybe, maybe I'll bring it back, bring back the email, the mailbag. Now that I think about it, I do remember there being a mailbag that's, that's ringing some bells, some jingle bells. People can also send their mail by owl too. <laughs> by owl. Is that a nice Christmas, uh, Christmas bird? What's it's, it's like Harry Potter. Maybe I'm just thinking of Harry Potter. Which isn't Christmas. I don't know. Those movies Harry always came, Christmas. They always came out at Christmas, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, great episode. You guys, we've got one more Yobcast before the year of our Lord 2021 comes to an end. So we hope you'll join us for that. Um, one more Yobcast, one more combo cast, and we'll take a little Christmas break and it'll be it'll be crazy. I can't believe We'll be back soon for 2022. That's that's such an insane number. Our website started in 2015 and suddenly it's going to be 2022. That is insane. Ben and Will, so good seeing you guys. Thanks for taking the time on this chilly December evening. Thanks for having us. This has been good. This has been just an awesome time of reflection and... Yeah, just being able to hear you guys' Christmas stories and what's meant for you. Yeah, so much fun. So much fun to wait with y'all. And my phone just uh, alerted me that right now is my bedtime. So this was like we gotta perfect. Go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go, you guys. Will's got to get to bed. He's going to go to bed, and I'm going to walk back across my snow, because I actually have snow here in Michigan, and I'm going to go to bed too, I think. I'm going to go to bed too. We're all going to bed, you guys, but... The Advent season, it doesn't end tonight. It keeps going. We will wait and we will continue to wait um, through the duration of these next couple of podcasts. So we invite you all to wait expectantly with us. Um, but for now, for tonight, for this episode, for all your other brothers, this is Tom. 
And this is Ben. And this is Will. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.